Hello everyone and welcome back to Witch Fix. I'm Sarah and today I'm going to be looking at book four in the Adele Abbott Witch PI series. Now I said, I think when I reviewed the third book, that I wasn't probably going to be reading the rest of these because there's like 30 of them in the series, possibly more. Um, and that was just quite a big series for me to commit to. But it turns out that this series is actually quite good for reading when I'm like traveling places because it's super easy to pick up and read and put down and then get back into later because I'm already au fait with most of the characters and the plots uh, of the previous books so it's not as hard and taxing mentally as getting into a new book. So I ended up reading one of these when I went down to visit Vanda recently and uh let's just get into this because there's some big pluses and some minuses on this book um which has kind of renewed my interest in reviewing the series but also made me a little bit hesitant to pick up book five uh so let's get into it shall we now this book is as i said book four in the series and it's called which is when things fell apart which is a pretty uh dramatic title and there are several mysteries as per usual with this um, series there's like the big crime mystery that Jill is trying to solve which is again a murder which is always nice to have a murder in a book uh, <laughs> as opposed to a sort of less violent crime I find murders you know probably more interesting than you know just things being stolen the other mysteries are who is smashing the cupcakes that are being delivered to cuppy C um, this uh, mystery did not interest me at all and yet sort of carried on for quite a while which was kind of bemusing to me. Uh, Jill does this whole thing where she goes undercover at the cupcake manufacturer to like suss things out and work out who is crushing the cakes before they can get to their intended deliveries. But then right at the start, there's a cake making competition and Aunt Lucy's cake is smushed by some mystery assailant who um, is identified through the means of a spell that Grandma cast on the cake, um, which will reveal the culprit of who squished it. So I was really confused as to why Jill didn't just go undercover or just speak to the woman who owned the bakery, cast that spell on the cakes that were being crushed and await results. But no, she has to go undercover at the bakery. She has to then go question previous employees, the owner's daughter, all for very little payoff because the answer isn't actually that interesting at all. So that kind of put me off the book. However, the main mystery, like the murder plot, was technically a sort of locked room mystery, which did interest me a lot. So that kind of made up for the whole, you know, cupcake plot line. The murder is essentially uh, a murder that takes place in a lift. So a bunch of people get in a lift. There's three of them, I think, plus the victim. They're seen on CCTV going downstairs in the lift. Nothing happens in there. But when they reach the bottom floor, the guy has been stabbed to death. And none of the people in the lift say that they noticed anything wrong with him before he got in. So it's sort of a mystery as to how he was killed. And I was keen to see how this would be solved. Unfortunately, I felt like while I was reading the book, the cupcake killer story was given a lot more time than the actual murder investigation um a couple of times jill goes to the block of flats where the murders took place questions the concierge the cleaners uh, the people who were in the lift the other people who live in the quite small building i think it's only like five floors so not many people to speak to um but then a lot more time is kind of given to her going undercover at the bakery and all that stuff so it felt like Again, the main murder plot was kind of given equal importance to all the other kind of bizarre minutiae being like dredged up in Jill's personal life. So 
that was a little bit disappointing. And also a lot of the instances where Jill actually discovered something about the case through investigation was her seeing a photo of someone and going, I instantly recognised who it was. And then that section ends and then we get a bunch more sections and then we actually find out what's going on. Uh, I think this happens like definitely more than once. I feel like it was more than twice as well, because the first time I think she recognises the guy who was murdered, who had a secret identity as someone else. And then the second time she sees a picture of some guy's previously mentioned girlfriend and then realises who that is as well. So... Yeah, it just felt like a little bit of repetition there, not a lot of chances for the reader to actually try and work things out for themselves based on actual clues. It was just, you know, the main character realising things and then rushing off. Aside from that, though, there are quite a number of pretty good clues throughout the, the story. They're not really ones that Jill comments on or tries to reason out. But once you get to the end and you know what the whole deal was with the murder, you can go back and be like, oh, I see there was a clue here. Which is quite good mystery writing. I just wish that Jill had done more of the investigation and that major reveals hadn't been just kept to herself while we went through a couple of other chapters of going back to Cuppy C and talking to the hilarious twins and dealing with the cat's antics. And these are problems that I've had with the book series in each book. Um, so they're not getting more or less annoying. I just kind of wish that we would be given just uh, even just one book where there's a focus more on just the mystery and we don't have to like flip through all these like chapters of just basically nothing happening except high jinx. However, for the first time in the book series, it felt like we were starting to unravel some of the bigger mysteries that have been alluded to. And that was basically the reason I decided to review this book in the series, because up until that point, I was like, yeah, this is basically the same problems I've had with all the other books. And although some parts of it are still fairly amusing, there isn't really much new to say about it. But hold on to your hats, because we're actually getting into some of the stuff surrounding you know the dark one and all of the evil doings that have been going on kind of behind the scenes in the series. For starters Jill goes to the local newspaper to look at their archives to see if she can find any articles or anything that have been written about the dark one who is referred to throughout the book as TDO which I hate. Um, even in like Harry Potter which is like the, the other main thing where they just said like he who should not be named or he who must not be named or it's been a while since I read Harry Potter I can't remember but I don't remember them ever abbreviating that um and especially because this is shorter I felt like you could just say the dark one um but she goes through their newspaper articles to try and find reference to him her we don't know and finds nothing and when she queries this with the person at the archive, they're like, oh, yeah, well, maybe you should ask the newspapers why they never write about the dark one. So it seems like there's kind of a conspiracy going on, which was interesting and something that I was looking forward to finding a little bit more about. We also get our first look at, I guess, prejudice in this community. Candlefield so far has been presented as this like really twee place where people just go to the coffee shop and buy overpriced cupcakes and just have a good old time. There hasn't seemed to be much of a gritty underbelly, um, no dodgy alleys, no crime to speak of really, except for the aforementioned cake smushing. So it all felt a bit like kind of a village that you would see Postman Pat or Noddy trundling around in. Um, but now we actually get to see some of the, the, the not so great side 
to that. And this is introduced in a character called Tess. Now, Jill is out walking her dog, um, Barry, and she meets a lady called Tess and their dog, Bonnie, which is quite similar, obviously, to Barry. And it seems like Jess is kind like Tess is kind of a carbon copy of Jill. They both live in Washbridge, which is like the human town where Jill lives. Uh, they both work there full time and only come to Candlefield occasionally, maintaining small flats there. And they both obviously have very similar dogs, um, which was kind of weird to me and kind of raised alarm bells straight away because it seemed like it was a little bit too good to be true. And sure enough, it is. The kind of extra part of the plot to this is that Jill has been entered into something called the witches levels competition by her grandma. Grandma remains quite an interesting character because she seems simultaneously to hate her entire family but also be fiercely proud of them and want to push them to excel. Now the levels competition is basically the witches in this magical world are divided into six levels. You have to pass, I guess, tests to go up a level. And Jill is already level two as of a previous book. Now, she'll in the levels compete against other level two witches to see who will win that level. And then the winners of all the separate levels compete against each other. And if you can beat all the witches of all the levels, you could potentially just jump to level six. So obviously, if Jill beats a level three, a level four, a level five and the level six witch she can get to level six or maybe she just has to beat the level five witch unclear but she's been entered in the levels she's panicking about it a little bit trying to practice some spells but again not a huge amount because there's got to be all those skits in there but the night before uh, she goes out for a drink with tess in washbridge and then the next day at the levels she's overcome feeling a little bit ill a little bit sickly a little bit one might say poisoned um, which is pretty obvious as soon as you read that bit you're like oh okay she's been fucking poisoned grandma also comes to this conclusion cures um, jill of being poisoned and then when jill actually enters the the levels competition she meets tess except tess is not tess's real name tess is actually a lady called alicia dawes and previously while practicing for the levels jill was kind of accosted by some wizard dude who was like you shouldn't even be allowed to enter the levels because you're not even a proper witch you only became a witch like five minutes ago and you live in the human world so bleh, you suck and he said that alicia dawes was going to absolutely trounce her ass and now we see alicia dawes aka Tess the Poisoner, who obviously tried to get Jill out of the way so that she could compete in the levels, which is kind of cool. It kind of feels like now Jill has a nemesis, whereas before she kind of didn't, um, aside from the Dark One who we haven't seen. To quote Harry Potter again, or to reference Harry Potter again, it's sort of like how Voldemort is like the main series antagonist, but then you have other antagonists like mostly Draco and Snape, who pop up and they give small challenges to Harry so that he can like have something to do while he's not actively you know battling wizard Satan it kind of feels like that and that's nice it gives the series a little bit more pep I hope we see more of Alicia because I feel like that'll be interesting and it'll give Jill a bit more of a reason to do a lot of stuff because at the moment it feels kind of like she's just floating along dealing with cases as they come not really under a lot of pressure in terms of the plot aside from the fact that you know she has to catch a killer but it feels like she can just get around to that whenever she wants to given the amount of time she just pops in places for a latte and a blueberry muffin another thing i liked about this whole witches levels thing is that jill doesn't win uh, it feels like there's quite a lot of like 
twee, not very challenging stuff in these books. You know, things just sort of happen and it's fortunate that they happen the way that they did. But Jill doesn't jump straight to level six witchery. She beats out everyone at her level, level two. And then she even manages to get through the level threes before she is beaten herself. So it shows that she's a little bit ahead of the curve, but she's not completely unbelievably skilled in a Mary Sue-ish type way. And that I really appreciated um, and shows that the writer is still leaving Jill some room to grow, some room to like prove herself and gain more power, which is nice. Following the competition, Jill is then accosted by the evil Alicia Dawes, who says, amongst other things, that, you know, she deserved to be poisoned and that she should stay with the humans where she belongs and that the whole thing about her being a lawyer in Washbridge was a ruse because she tries to spend as little time among humans as possible and even says if I had my way they'd all be wiped out we could make much better use of their world which is kind of gross and then Alicia says this on I don't have a page here but 91% of the way through the book Take some advice, go back to the human world and stay there. You aren't wanted here. There are forces much greater than mine which don't want you here. Do it now while you still can. She turned and walked away with her skinny sidekick trailing behind. Wait, what forces are you talking about? Do you know the dark one? She glanced back over her shoulder and flashed me a chilling smile. So we're kind of amping up some tension here. We're connecting the whole dark one conspiracy to obviously what Alyssia is doing it feels very Harry Pottery I have to admit at this point uh similarly like the way the newspapers aren't reporting on it feels like the way the ministry in book five of the Harry Potter series wanted to deny that you know Voldemort's back in action again and they're kind of covering up so it feels very much like there's a lot of tension now in the in the witch wizard supernatural people community um which I'm, I'm here for it, it definitely adds like an extra layer to the books and it kind of feels like we're heading less into twee land as into more of a intricate and interesting plot in terms of jill's personal life there's also some stuff going on namely she stopped seeing this wizard guy drake because she thought that he was a, a convicted rogue which is basically a term for a supernatural person who goes out and does bad things with their powers so they have to be arrested uh, but it turns out he just took the rap for his brother to protect him so he's actually innocent and uh, is therefore now i guess a viable love interest uh, similarly jack who is the detective guy in washbridge who has kind of a romantic interest in jill i guess this other lady police officer turns up to work with him for a bit and basically is trying to stymie all jill's attempts to meet with him or talk to him at all and uh, at the end of the book she does disappear again um, so it's unclear what that was about or if that's going to come back into play or you know what their relationship even was so that could be quite interesting to find out about one of the major events towards the end of the book is that jill is contacted by someone who says they have information about the dark one and various other things and then to meet uh jill in this like i think it's like magpie lane mag magpie something is like the name of the street but when jill gets there that person has been murdered and there's like blood all over the ground and it seems like they have been silenced but by who we just don't know and then at the end of the book jill arrives home to find a um card in her flat on her coffee table her flat which obviously someone would have had to break into to leave it there it's a card with a picture of a magpie on it in a pool of blood and it says congratulations on winning the second level of the witch competition or whatever 
which is all very dark and spooky and I think is a great way to like end the book on that cliffhanger because it feels like things have very much gotten serious. <laughs> serious Harry Potter. Lol. Actually to mention Harry Potter again it feels like what happened at the end of um the Goblet of Fire, where for the first couple of books you've got all this like, oh, Christmas holidays, oh, schoolwork for most of the books, and it feels very kind of childlike because obviously it's children's books. But then at the end it's like, wham, Cedric Diggory's corpse, bitch. So it feels like this is that moment in the series where everything's, you know, definitely gone up a notch in terms of seriousness. Um, that is partially ruined by something that happens on page 99, and which I kind of saw coming because it was mentioned earlier. And it preemptively annoyed me. Basically, we get a return of Kathy, world's worst sister. And she mentions that her daughter has this toy rabbit called Things, because the actual name of the toy is Rabbit Sings. And the child used to have some sort of speech impediment. But it's getting all old and broken. And unfortunately, it's the kid's favourite toy. And it's going to be really sad when that breaks. And you can probably see where this is going, because right at the end of the book, it falls apart, hence the title of the book, which is When Things Fell Apart, which I guess is meant to be funny. Um, I didn't find it very funny, so maybe someone else did, but personally it just annoyed me and made me groan. So that happened. Overall, some pluses and minuses for this book. Most of them were minuses that I've previously noted about the series in general, so... To be honest, the pluses kind of stuck out more for me. I was very much here for the darker tone, like the different elements of the witching world crime being brought into play. And some of the things about Jill's personal life being changed around a little bit. Uh, and also, obviously, the, the threats to Jill herself and this apparent anti-human stigma, which they have in the supernatural world, which had not previously been addressed or really mentioned that much. Am I going to go out straight away and buy the fifth book in the series, which I think is called Which is When the Bubble Burst? I really hope there's not like a toy named Bubble that explodes because that will just be the death knell in my interest. But mm, probably not going to jump straight out and buy that because I'm interested but not hugely titillated, shall we say. But it is one that I'm definitely going to buy next time I have a long journey and I want something to read. Um, just casually um so if you're interested in seeing more of the series give this video or episode a like slash thumbs up and uh i'll get to that you know depending on how enthusiastic people are for seeing the review of the fifth book in the meantime let me know if you've enjoyed the books which one was your favorite so far of the ones i've read try not to spoil me for anything because you know I, i'd like to be surprised um but yeah let me know in the usual ways twitter email check the description box for the episode and in the meantime i will see you in the next one bye